Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Johnson. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's American Horror Story After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424 424- 256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's American Horror Story After Show. Oh, that was loud. All right. Slightly. Just a little bit. Okay, um... Martin is punishing us, man. Yeah, we're, we're starting We're starting a little late, I guess. Um, all right, well, welcome back. This is the American Horror Story After Show. Bing is for doing, and we're here doing another amazing after show for you for this crazy, crazy episode with lots of stuff happening, lots of lead-ups for what's going to happen in our next episode on, is it January 1st? January 2nd. January 2nd. It's the mid-season finale. Is it really a mid-season finale? I mean, they've only got four episodes left. So. It's like a Christmas break. Finale, and, and holiday course, break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> figured everyone's gonna be with their home. You know, they're gonna be at home with their friends and family. So, take a few weeks off and let us rest and try to make sense of the first nine weeks of this crazy season. I know I might have to go back and watch a few things again just to write a few notes for our next four episodes because I'm sure you've got some good theories. I'm telling you, uh, I like the, the pepper one, and we'll get into that a little we'll, bit later. We'll get into that, yeah. Um, but yes, I am your host, Stephen Lemieux. With a PH, and I am joined today with my amazing co-host. All right. Hey, what's up, guys? It's JC Rubio. What's going on, guys? Happy holidays. You should tweet this guy. He's looking at it right now. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, hey, guys, tweet us, or if you're watching us on AfterBuzzTV.com, Watchtower Base, we already see a couple of you guys on, you know, send us some questions, or give us a call at 424-256-1729, and we can dissect, and just let us know what you're thinking, what's happening, who who are the aliens, what's going on, what is, what's the deal with Pepper, and so many things we've got to get into, but first, overall thoughts, what'd you think? Um, this episode was good. It made sense. There was it, it brought together things from the beginning. It brought together things from tor- middle of the season towards now. Okay. And it didn't make me like we had that the the two episodes together that we kind of bumped in, bunched into one show, <laughs> right. one after show. Those two episodes together kind of, I was like, like it seriously. I was all over the place. I didn't really understand what was going on at all. This kind of cleared up some of those things, and I don't know. Altogether, a pretty well written episode. Okay, you know. I would say is I'm starting to see some patterns 
mm-hmm. even with season one. And I always thought that season one and two are supposed it's an anthology series, of course. So each season is different from the previous season. But what's the deal with the babies, the multiple babies, just like the first season, and both, I guess, in a way, conceived via rape? Uh, you I know, mean, with Tate's character last season and this season now with Threadson and Lana. You know, I'm like... Well, there, there again, I mean, I don't want to go into the whole political scheme of things, mm-hmm. but they do, they, things that were statements back then during the first season, they still are pretty big statements here, especially with, um, let's say, the whole Lana pregnancy in this episode, mm-hmm. when, I mean, it was a very powerful line when uh, Threadson calls her a monster. Threadson, the man who skins women while they're alive and awake and makes lampshades out of them. When she says that she got rid of her baby, his son, or his child, he doesn't know the gender yet, mm-hmm. um, like, after everything he's done, he, sa- he calls her a monster. And that's another one of their little throwing it out there, kind of shoving in our faces thing. But, I mean, they, they're always going to be doing that. And, of course, there's the patterns around that. We've been saying it for weeks that, you know, what was good is bad and vice versa. And mm-hmm. how Ryan Murphy basically has turned the season completely upside down. And no fur- – I mean, the person who's probably traveled the most, I think, is actually Jude, who is now Judy because she's no longer Sister Jude. Yeah. She, ha- she was on the highest perch, and now she's all the way at the bottom. Uh, so I think she's traveled the most. And, you know, so now, you know, who is crazy is now – Sane and vice versa. Like, we have one, a fan already that's talking about uh, Copperfield saying, I think Pepper's working in conjunction with the aliens. It was the first time we saw her speak coherently. Something is up, so. Yeah, definitely, definitely we'll, we'll have some theories on Pepper towards the end of this episode. Sure, of course. But. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it is kind of interesting how Jude, from the beginning of the season, the evil is at the top. And you think that Jude is the evil and she's at the top, but then... As you bring in Eunice, who's this demonic power, and she kind of corrupts what's around her and is an overbearing evil, mm-hmm. it really makes... Jude hasn't really changed that much, but when you put a lesser evil in front of a greater evil, it appears good. You, you bring up a great... I was going to actually ask you that question. Um, who is the... I'll, I'll, let me find it in my 10 pages of notes. Yeah. We'll get to it in a second, but... Um, who oh. is the who is the main evil? Yeah, it was basically who's. Let's see, where, let, let me look here. Da, 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 da. It's on page thirty-seven, I think. Um, well, some people would argue that Arden is the main villain character. Is he really? I mean, I, is pe- he, people I've talked to are like, "Oh, I hate Arden. He's a Nazi." And I think really the okay. the whole "Oh, he's a Nazi" thing is kind of something that the writers threw in there to make people dislike him more. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at his character without thinking of him as being a Nazi, without thinking of his history, just what he's doing in the show so far, he does unethical experiments. But at the same time, so does the hospital against the patients to cure them. So his 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 for the good of mankind cure over there curing their mental illness. It's they're pretty barbaric and the same, but his pursuit is truth so far. Yeah, it's all done in the name of science. That's the way he sees it. Yeah, you know and. I'm sure he maybe he doesn't even see it as, as barbaric. Exactly. 
you know, just, what is it, um, there is no good nor bad, but thinking about it is. Yeah. So maybe he just doesn't see it like that. So I definitely think Eunice is the, is the overpowering evil at Briarcliff, who will live on into present-day Briarcliff, as well, I predict. Okay, yeah, you've got, you, you're getting some good predictions. Well, let's start with the first scene with uh, John, Johnny Morgan. John yeah. Morgan, or as we like to say... Son of bloody face. John Threadson. There you go. Yeah, no, and it was, of course, the return of Dylan McDermott or Dermot Mulroney. And I'm only saying that as a nod to people who caught that great bit on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that. I didn't. It was fantastic. It's basically you can't tell who Dylan McDermott or Dermot Mulroney are. They're both one and the same because of the names are so <laughs> whacked out out there. But it was great to see him back. Great to see Dylan back. But I wasn't a big fan of the scene. I, I thought it was rushed. It was um, a lot of exposition going on. Yeah, and I want to I want to say something right now about this episode. It really feels like this is a two hour episode that they cut. Like, okay. I I honestly think that so many things went to the went to the cutting room floor on this episode. And I mean, if if anyone is a writer, anyone on the show is a producer or something, could confirm this, just tweet us or something. Because like literally, a lot of scenes you'll see things that don't make sense too much, but not enough to kind of throw you off. Just enough that you're like, oh, there could have been like a few more lines there. There could have been mm-hmm. few, like another shot there or something like that. And this was another one of them. It seemed a little bit rushed. He did go into his whole uh, – it felt like I was watching Dexter again for a second uh, okay. with his comparing his intent to kill like as, a, as an addiction. And he goes to the addiction therapist to fix this and – was I don't I don't know was this was this woman a character that we had ever seen before or she she was completely new right who the the therapist Dr. Gardner like we've never heard of a Dr. Gardner at all no but it's a funny thing there's some history behind who played Dr. Gardner um I, let me see if I have her name if I uh, Brooke Smith mm-hmm. who if you're a fan of Grey's Anatomy you've seen her but of even greater note she was actually the captive of Hannibal Lecter on Silence of the Lambs. Okay, well, there's, there's our little nod. So she was skinned before. <laughs> so that's what I was wondering. I was wondering if he was going to skin her, you know, because, you know, with the nod to Silence of the Lambs. And she was the one where Buffalo Bill um, said it rubs the lotion on the skin or else it gets the hose again. I don't know, yeah. if, you, I don't know if you remember that. Scene. I do. Yes. That's, she's the girl. She's the girl who puts the lotion in the basket. Yep. But... Ex- <laughs> there you go. Hey, good call, man. No, we, we do learn a little bit of of the past of uh, of John Threadson in this as well, though, because we learn that he is a vic- This is another little. Uh, this is another little throw at society here, where John is a victim of society, such as Oliver was a victim of society. With his parents were not in a favorable position to take care of him, he gets put in the system, and he gets discarded by his foster family through the system and ends up where he is without the love of the mother, without what he needs to become mm-hmm. a regular human being. And then he becomes this other monster per se. Like, cause we learn in previous episode, Oliver, he, he was part of the system. He was looking as for his mother's love sure. ended up in the medical field to, and then with the cadaver discovered his mental disability to a way to become a murderer and start skinning women to feel their warmth. And this character, he talks about it, how he's, he's had the urges ever since they kicked him out of the foster home. He grew up in the foster families and he has, so it's nature, it's nature, it's nature Mm -hmm. from growing up in that position. And he, uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say something about, um, Oh, I totally lost my train of thought. 
about okay, we we lost track when it was nature and yeah. Talking about, well, here's the thing: I'm almost not sold that I know. Even though Ryan Murphy said in EW, and if and if you want to read some spoilerific interviews, go to Entertainment Weekly. Every week, Ryan Murphy has these one-on-one interviews, and he reveals so much of what's going on. So much so that I kind of ruined part of the series for you. Yeah, while we're thank watching. you. Sorry, but um, oh, and for fans, last week a lot of people were tweeting me and asking me if I had those links, and you guys had to DM me so I could send you the links. I know a lot of people are giving me grief about that. I'm like, just let you know. DM me and I will send you all the links to all the tumblers and all the little places where I find the little nuggets that I find each week. But back to um, Johnny Morgan. Oh, I was going to say, because he didn't end up in medical school. So okay. he was wishing that he ended up in medical school because medical school, he didn't know who his father was. And then when he finds out who his father is, he ends up trying to pursue that, pursue that way. Mm-hmm. And that's how, what leads him to Briarcliff and leads him to becoming the new bloody face. But would you call him, I don't know, it, it almost to me doesn't seem like he is the offspring of Threadson and Lana. The only reason I say that is unless he's taking more of, let's say, let's say we're going to see this in future episodes, that Lana is going to be more of an in-your-face type of person because Threadson was always calculating, always reserved. And how he he would move in his in his methods, and and um, Johnny Morgan was just the opposite. So wouldn't you say Johnny Morgan slightly resembled Eunice? Oh, this is supporting your theory. This is supporting my theory. Okay, wouldn't you let, say? Let the fans know what your theory is. My theory was that Lana's baby will be possessed by Eunice, the demon that's in Eunice, and then grow up into the new Threadson. Okay. And just looking at his speech patterns and the way he was doing the scene, it seems that way because. Eunice is always a big fan of the big reveal. She's always about, like, talking to you, leading you on, and then, like, showing it right into your face, like, oh, this. And this is exactly how the scene played out. It was exactly like a guy looking for help, talking to the doctor, like, oh, I'm in, I'm in trouble. I'm the guy who needs help. I want to be helped. When really he, his main motivation for going there was just to kill the woman. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I honestly am sticking by it. I still think that, I still think that he's, he's Eunice. Because... I'm okay. not Eunice, but he is the demon. What, whatever they said the name was earlier, and and it makes sense. And I don't, you know, we're going to get into Kit a little bit later, but he being the opposite of Eunice, perhaps, and maybe his child, because remember he's impregnated Alma and Grace. Yeah, man, he's just a player, <laughs> you know. So who who knows? That, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of parallels to season one, where they had yeah. the two babies, the good baby and the bad baby, and the you know the one baby just engorged the other one. <laughs> You know, yeah, I'm just saying. So good baby, bad baby. I'm just saying, but yeah, I'm trying to think of anything. It makes sense because I'm not fully sold on Bloody Face on current day Bloody Face. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, he didn't sk- he he didn't skin do- the, the doctor yet, or are we going to wait to see that the next episode? I think he's going to skin the woman who walked in on the doctor. Okay, I think we saw the last of the woman who uh, was with Adam Levine. Oh, Teresa, yeah, she's done. Yeah, she's done. So, she, like, she, um, Ryan Murphy, he talks about it in the interview. Teresa's gone. Yeah, so he, 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 flubbed, the, uh, he flubbed the human skinning of her. Mm-hmm. So now he's going to try a new technique on this new woman. So um, okay. let's go ahead and dive into a little bit of Lana for this episode. Yeah, let's awesome. just, like, totally conquer her whole storyline because we can rush through it pretty quickly. Um, so lana has uh oh i was looking backwards and i was like lana and jude that's not for a while (laughs) so lana has the uh the small scene with with eunice and this is kind of interesting because um eunice who is lana doesn't know she's evil 
okay. yet. I mean, she knows she's like, she calls her a sadist in the scene, but she doesn't know that she's specifically evil. She just thinks that she's growing into her role as the new Jude. Mm-hmm. And then she says, uh, you know, or you can have a Drano margarita. Which was something that they did around that time. Yeah. Yeah. And you add two cups of Drano for every two weeks you're pregnant. And that's pretty terrible. And Lana's <laughs> kind of Lana's kind of caught off guard. And then Eunice basically, or uh, Lana says that she doesn't want to have the baby. And Eunice basically tells her, "You will have the baby," and tells her that it's going to go into foster care. And that's when Lana's like, "You're a sadist," because she knows she knows the story of Threadson, so she knows how bad the system is, especially during this time. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that was a that was just a little bit of ugh, Eunice being. Eunice. Great. So then, uh, what? No, I was just going to say, you know, even though, there, I mean, Eunice has a lot going on. She's the puppet master, but I didn't really feel a lot of her in this episode. I yeah. Mean, just because everything was going on with everyone else. That's, that's why I, I don't, we don't even have like a topic for Eunice because we can just go through everyone else and I'll cover her. Okay. Yeah. Because she didn't do anything like alone. Mm-hmm. She did everything with other people. Like our next scene is, uh, or our next scene with, with Eunice is with uh, Tim. With mm-hmm. the Monsignor, and then mm-hmm. he's in his own storyline. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, they have that. And the next time we see, uh, we get a little clip of Lana getting a coat hanger, which leads to what comes next when she takes care of things. Okay, I'm gonna, t- uh, I'm gonna, I'm the, I'm the contrarian in this group. I'm thinking, in yeah, a group of two. Well, when we only have two te- people, <laughs> we have to have one contrarian. I don't think she did it. I don't think she killed the baby. I think n- no, she didn't kill the baby. No, but but it made it seem like she told everyone she did. And remember when Eunice touches Lana's bell, uh, belly? Uh-huh. And I was reading a lot of boards. A lot of people said that it was Eunice brought the baby back to life. No. Yeah, no. Because remember when she pulled out the knife and the orderly caught her with the knife? And I told you I was going to bring this up as a point. And, he, and the orderly said, you, 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 you don't have the guts to kill anyone. Exactly. Especially her own baby. So the fact that she was just telling... Because a lot of people think that, that, that Eunice brought the baby back. I'm just reading the boards and, every, and everyone thinks that. But no, it's not true. I, I, I think they put that line in for a reason. Cause she can't kill anyone. So she's acting like this psycho, psychopath, even with like Threadson. You know, I want to see what it's like to be inside the mind of a killer. You know, when she tells Threadson that, it's all an act. So that was just like a dream sequence when it shows her like with, with the blood and everything. I believe so. You know, or, or she even attempted it, but just, you know, just That's couldn't. interesting. Why would they put that line in? You couldn't hurt a soul. You know, you couldn't hurt anyone. If that's true, she's especially not going to be able to hurt her own baby, no matter who the father is. That's interesting. I, I actually didn't think of that. That's pretty, that's pretty good. Hey, so, I, get an, I get a nugget once a week. So immediately after she's freaked out, she says they need to kill Threadson. Mm-hmm. Kit's still all about himself with, like, no, we need him to admit or I'm going to be fried. Right. Like a green tomato. And then she immediately goes to Oliver, tells him he, she's pregnant, and uh, he, he knows what's going in the system is like, and he doesn't want her to – he wants to be the father figure, and she says, no, you're not going to be a father. And then she says she take care of it. She t- she. She took. Right. She killed him. She mm-hmm. had herself a little coat hanger abortion. I mean, this episode is called the coat hanger, and um, see so yeah, how she does that. And he says he can change and blah 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 blah. But no, then there's that. So she finally gets out of him why the confession that he was that she was looking for. And we don't know at this point that Kit's recording the whole thing. But he goes through uh, Donna Burton, 
her her oh. fuzzy peach hair skin. He wanted to feel it. Allison Rydell was the his Denon's secretary, and he it was this was kind of interesting because he was she was like probably going to be the Lana, like the mother figure, mm-hmm. and he liked her, so he put her to sleep. But she cut she just kept talking, so he was confused. So he puts her to sleep, skins her alive, but she's talking while she's doing it. I mean that just seems. Ugh, crazy. And then Wendy, I thought now was going to be the time when he's like, I thought he said she never left you. And I was like, oh, so he did feed feed her to her. But no, no, she never loved you Mm -hmm. and she locked you away. I thought now was going to be the time when he says, Wendy, oh, I thought she would taste delightfully good or something like bring up that scene. Yeah, so there goes our theory on that one. Yeah, I don't think, unless he's going to use it later. No, but that would have been the... There were, okay, in previous episodes, we, uh, we speculated that perhaps um, Threatson had fed Lana. I mean, Thre- had fed, fed, fed Lana Wendy when, she, when he had her captive. And because, I guess, ham tastes most like human or pork tastes... Long pig. Yes. And this would have been the perfect opportunity it to hit her over the head with it, and he didn't. So, so I think we're, we saw the end of that, honestly. I think Ryan Murphy's, uh, they're tur- he's turning us crazier. He's turning us, you're making us think worse than some of the killers on the show, man. So he's turning us, the viewers, the good guys, into the bad guys. Oh, God. Oh, let's compare this. No, I'm just kidding. And then uh, next we see Lana take the knife, and the order catches her. You don't have the guts to kill no one. Let's just give me the knife, and we'll call it a night. So she does, and the next scene we see her take the coat hanger out from the bed, stab her pillow to see if she can use it a knife, mm-hmm. runs back. Yeah, and then she's gonna kill. Uh, she's gonna kill Oliver, and he's gone. Of course. So it's kind. Of, this is another. This is another like classic um, nod to horror films. When you always, when you know where someone is, you're fine. Mm-hmm. But when you don't know where someone is, you're like freaking out. So like it's, she's so she's so motivated. She's gonna just go in there. She's gonna kill him. And then as soon as she sees that he's gone, it's it like the camera angles are shifting. Mm-hmm. Everything's different. She's disoriented. She's wondering it is, and she bumps into Eunice. One of my favorite scenes in the episode, actually. Really? Just that that those few seconds of when she when he's not there, and nobody's it, you, there. You knew okay. You could almost say it was almost predictable that it was gonna happen. But the way it was done, the way they shot it, and like you said, the way you just explained it, just the disorientation and just. For me, I felt the sheer terror in Lana. Yeah, that second, and and that's what I loved. I, I absolutely, I, I loved that scene. It was fantastic. They did a very good job. She did a very good job with that scene, honestly. And well, then maybe that leads us to why she wasn't. You know, the Golden Globe nominations came out today, and unfortunately, she wasn't one of the nominees. However, Jessica Lange actually did receive another Emmy nod for her portrayal as Sister Jude. But you know, this year, not a lot of no- nominations for American Horror Story. Breaking, uh, not Breaking Bad, uh, Walking Dead, or um, I believe it was Dexter. No, not. Yeah, I mean, it, and that's strange, you know, because last year they last year they received tons of nods. So, you know, we'll see. But because some these are some stellar performances, especially we've raved about Lily Rabe all all season long. You know, as Sister Eunice as the demon, and I thought she de- definitely deserved one. Wait, but. so Dexter didn't get any? Nope. Are you serious? Like we've been talking all season about how Jennifer Carpenter and Yvonne Strahovski like. They've been rocking it, yeah. acting-wise. Sorry, that was totally off topic. But. We went off topic, but yeah, no, but um, yeah, but just well, congratulations to Jessica Lange, of yeah, course. Yeah, of course. I would have loved to have seen Ian McShane get one. 
even for his two. I know he he's only been in two episodes, but literally we'll get into him. I guess we're getting into him next, right? With um, oh yeah, we'll be getting into in, him in a minute. But um, anything else we need to hit on Lana? Well, we'll just run through. Of course, we we talked about the scene where Lana, where Eunice tells her the baby's alive, and she says, "And I'll tell you something else, it's a boy." <laughs> and that's always really, uh, you know, whatever. And then the last scene, <laughs> the last scene we see with Lana is between her and Sister Jude when Jude is finally in the asylum, and this is just another. This is just another. Lana is not trusting anyone. Right. After everything she's been through, after she's placed her trust wholeheartedly in Threadson with, I'm going to get you out. And then uh, when Jude says, I'm going to get you out, it's mm-hmm. just the same, like, over and over again, like, I'm done with this. Like, she's kind of, like, get so kind of given up hope to a point. That was a great scene, actually, when, um, when um, Sister Jude, well, Judy now, Judy came into the asylum, into the common area, and just, whoa, where did this happen? You know, everyone is still in fear of her. And then some people are like, you see like a small smirk yeah. on the on the Just everything patient. that's going on. And of course, our condolences to the death of Dominique. And, and speaking of Dominique, if you like Dominique, you can find it on iTunes. But at the same time, you can find us on iTunes by going to iTunes and searching After Buzz American Horror Story. And you should totally hit that little subscribe button and rate us five... Yeah, rate us five stars. Rate us five stars, comment, and especially tell a friend. It really does help us out. We put out about 40 different shows a week from American Horror Story to X Factor to Vampire Diaries. We literally, if there's a show we're not doing and you'd like to see it on AfterBuzz, let us know. We're super interactive. And subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. It really does help us out, guys. Yay! <laughs> Hooray! Okay, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of like the end of, the end, not the end of Lana, but the end of Lana for this episode. Let's go ahead and go into some Santa. Santa! <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Tim, oh, his name's uh, Lee Emerson, right? Lee Emerson, played wonderfully, masterfully by Mr. Um, Ian McShane. Ian McShane. I l- literally, he is my favorite part of, 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 of the show. Honestly, I... Uh, you're, you're on the fence? Okay. No, nah, I just... Uh, what does that mean? I mean, he's, he's great. I just... I don't care for the character much. Really? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Santa character. I'm just like, okay, they introduce him like way late in the series, and yeah, but he's uh, he's the one. He's ruffling so much feathers, kind of like Mary Eunice did in the very beginning when she became the demon and when she started getting you know growing into her power. And people are like, whoa, she's turning everything upside down. He was the nail in the coffin with Judy. I know, but he's just you know like literally the lines. I for for me, I, I literally okay. I root for him. Oh, and this, my God. And this is weird. Exactly. I'm rooting for him because he gives you, so, he gives you so, yes, all the menace and that touch of levity that makes you just want to see him a little. He just chews up scenery. And, and in the middle of all the heaviness that's going on, I think he's a break, a, a break from everything, all the extensive long plot lines that we've had for the last nine episodes. The last two of his, he comes in, puts in a little zinger here and there, and yet he will... Get you like a fish. Ask, yeah. Ask, ask Monsignor Timothy, you know? <laughs> it's just, I'm sorry. That, that, hey, we, we agreed to disagree. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, here's the question. Who is the biggest monster? Lee, the devil, Arden, bloody face? Who's the devil? The devil? Eunice, the devil. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Lee is, Lee is like a minion of the devil. And you can tell by the way her and him and Eunice interact. 
Okay. Right. So that's, I don't know. Let's see, I'm about to run out of juice here, and they say maybe there is no true evil character, just characters creepier than others. Maybe that's we should just stop thinking about good or bad, because... <laughs> He's quoting me on my life. Throwing it in my face. That's all good. Okay, so our first scene with... Uh, we're, we're going with uh, Monsignor Tim and uh, Emerson. We're kind of combining them because they have such a big storyline together. So we'll, we'll knock it through real quick. Uh, the first scene we see with uh, Monsignor Tim is Jude is framed on Frank's death. Mm-hmm. And Jude didn't even know Frank was dead. That was great. For- yeah. Like, we're going to get Frank in here, but you killed him. What? Like, oh, my God. And Eunice says she saw it. Arden says Jude's guilty. Tim says she's been delusional for some time now after he took her down from her top part. Mm-hmm. Even Mother Superior says she thought Eunice, that Jude thought Eunice was a demon and they're taking that in the bad light and making her seem delusional. And then we have a nice scene with Ian McShane, right? Mm-hmm. And he's talking about his religious rehabilitation, about how he's becoming a better person and his time spent here has changed him and he has this horrible demented line of because of what I did there are 18 more people in heaven well that's an interesting way of looking at it Mr. Emerson he did say you know that when he when he when he goes when he when he passes he will make sure to apologize to all 18 of his victims yeah when he goes to heaven <laughs> you're, 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 this is yeah. good this is good it's gonna give us a lot of topics a lot of juice to talk okay okay Christmas uh, 1963 was not a good time for It's not a good time for Lee, but okay. Now with Lee, Monsignor was easy pickings for him. Yes. Literally, and, and we've struggled to find material for the Monsignor. We, you know, last week or the week before, I, th- I think I brought it up that maybe he's gay. To add like a different layer of secrecy of something that he's trying to hide and what he thought was evil. After and- this episode, he's not gay, he's just... Freaking stupid. Uh, yeah, he's blinded by power. And the blindness makes you, I guess, as you would say, stupid. It's not even power. It's more of just his vision of himself. His vanity. His, yeah, his narcissism. Definitely. Because it's, it's this, his, whole, his whole line with, with Tim bringing him to see Jude and letting Timothy, who he knows, or letting uh, Lee, who he knows Jude hates him. He's been in solitary for, what, like a year? Mm-hmm. Hadn't seen Jude since then. And letting him go so close to her as to, I forgive you. And then kiss her on the forehead. Oh, my God. How can you not like that? That turnabout that he just placed on Jude is the biggest mind expletive in the whole series. I mean, like, literally. He's asking for forgiveness. And it's a total, like, he's like, I'm telling you right to your face that I've got you. I'm, I'm heading out. I'm getting out. You're effed. You're screwed. Yeah, it's it's terrible. It's awesome. Terrible. It's fantastic. Ugh. Come on, it, it makes for a better story because you know that it they're gonna in the next four episodes, it's all gonna turn around. I know Jude's gonna kill him. Part. Jude's gonna kill him. She's gonna. You think she's gonna kill? Sorry, Judy Martin's gonna kill him. I don't think so. I think he's just gonna get away. And oh, read the EW interview, guys. I know. I, I don't. I don't want to spoil it for you, man. Okay, so. <laughs> Judy, Jude is sentenced to live the rest of her life at Briarcliff. Yeah. So she got life at Briarcliff for, for killing Frank, you know, that kind of thing. So then we see, uh, dun 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 going down to see more Jude. And then we see Lana and Jude when she enters the thing and we talk about, I don't trust anything. Things are going to change around here. It's the last thing Jude says. And that's honestly all we had for Jude. 
but we were going through Emerson and Tim. So we have the sign with uh, with uh, Timothy mm-hmm. when he's ba- and he baptizes him. Sure. And this was a really I didn't like this scene. I honestly didn't care for it. I thought it was too long, even though it it wasn't long per se. It just felt too long when I was watching it. Okay. I was just like, okay. And then like 30 seconds later, what did okay. It, what, why didn't it work for you? Because it was too, it was, they were trying to do too much um, visionary work with switching him between the outfits, changing the conversations up and intersplicing them when it would have worked better, it's just one scene of Timothy talking to him, or even to, to split it up into two scenes, put a scene earlier where Timothy tells him about baptism or something, and then they go into the forward in the episode and do it. But isn't that just a further indictment of just the, the sin of the ultimate power that, that Monsignor Timothy yeah. wants? And so you're, you, it, it is. I mean, I just, I wasn't a fan of the scene. Okay. Of course, I didn't think Timothy would be that stupid to take the shackles off a man who murdered people. But exactly, but at the same time, it was Arden and Eunice who were outside the door when Jude was with him, right? Last episode. Arden and Jude. Um, Arden and Eunice were standing outside the door after setting Jude up in the room, locking it. I believe so. Okay, yeah. so, so, because Monsignor doesn't know that. Monsignor doesn't know anything about no. that. So, of course, he's not going to be as mistrusting of Mr. Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. So they baptize him, and I'm a new man. Wham! And just starts drowning the Monsignor. I honestly thought that was the last we'd see of him alive. So did I. I did. And then it's not. Now, can I ask the physics of it? How is it possible that with one arm, he just bends, over, bends the whole torso of the Monsignor like that into the water? That easily. Does he have superhuman strength? Watch the scene. He, he just gets him with one arm and he just pushes him in the water. Well, it, it's all on footing. I guess. Huh? Footing. Right. If, if he had good footing and the Monsignor was not expecting it and didn't, yeah. bam. Okay. And yeah. the next we see him is... Uh, what? Oh, no, no. Yeah. The next we see him is a... Was it a janitor or an orderly or something? Yeah, janitor. Was going through and he sees the cross and Mr. Matthew... Or what was his name? Timothy. Timothy, Mr. Timothy, that, that failed, was crucified on the cross, and he sees the... He got what he wanted. He did Think, get what he wanted. He always wanted to be on a stage. He always wanted to be up and adorned. Remember, he wanted to be a pope. You know, so he, his ultimate sin is vanity. You know, he, he's getting the audience. He's there for everyone to see. He is. He's and getting his just desserts. Um, gosh, I, I, there was something I wanted to hit touch upon with Jude rather quick. Okay, Jude. I just want to backtrack. Sorry, fans, if we're jumping around. Jude, which is the truth with her? You know, we, half, in the first half of the season, we thought she ran over a girl, which she didn't. No, she did hit a girl. I mean, that she killed a girl. I'm sorry. Yeah. That she killed the girl. So all, which is the truth in Jude's mind, in our eyes, seeing what Jude's going through? I don't know what Jude's truth is. I don't know. That's, I mean, honestly, I don't know. I mean, I thought they'd bring up in the trial today, I thought they'd bring up with, uh, what's his face, the, the Nazi hunter guy. With, uh, oh, okay, Saul? Yeah. Well, is that his name? I believe Saul Goodman. Saul Goodman. Okay, close, yeah. Close, close. And uh, I thought they'd bring up that because she was so obviously framed in that scene. I thought they'd bring that up as well with the murder of Frank and everything. Right. But they totally just disregarded that like it never happened, yet she still ends up in Briarcliff anyway. So, I mean... I don't know. I think she's 
she's more lucid than she's ever been because now that she's in the place, she has no access to alcohol. She's not going to be able to get alcohol. And she knows that the girl's not dead, so she has nothing to be guilty about anymore. Now it's her against the system as opposed to the system being against her in, in a way. Okay. okay. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's... Sorry, fans. We ran out of battery uh, juice on the on the on the computer because every they're every, they're spouting off theories left and right. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm sure they are. We have we have a lot of them. Um, and then the dark cousin visits visits Timothy while he's crucified, and he says, "Help me." And that's the last scene. Um, I don't think he's gonna accept her kiss. No. Well, we saw that in the promos. Well, yeah, of course, but you know, so I wasn't trying to give that away. <laughs> well, everyone. <they're, laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm the spoiler. You're the non-spoiler. There we go. So then we have uh, we have Mr. McShane is still on the loose. So you got to wonder where McShane's doing. And I am gonna wager a guess that McShane comes across one of the monsters and kind of gets in with Arden or something. Yeah, because now he's he's on the loose. He's yeah. just, but I would think he's just gonna escape. I'm just going on a hunch. He's just going on escape. It, he his arc was a short. You know, he just ruffled feathers and he's out. Because uh, we we talked about it last week. I think he's only in two episodes. Yeah, but he's the one who knows the truth about Eunice and Jude. Eunice is not going to let him leave alive. Sure. Just saying that. You don't think Eunice is going to let one of his minions leave alive? Eunice is totally going to set him up and have him die. Really? Okay. Yep, or she's going to do it himself. That's So, yeah. Totally, okay. totally calling that right now. Early prediction. Yeah, early predictions. <laughs> Now, the creme de la creme. What do we got? Kit? Kit. Oh, man. Kit. Poor Kit. Yeah, is, he, is he dead or alive? Well, he's dead. Kit, for, for all we know, he is dead. He is technically dead. Well, how is Arden going to get back to him in time? <laughs> he doesn't need to. By the aliens? The aliens. And here's the thing. Are they aliens? Who's, who named them aliens? Just because we don't understand what they are, we say they're aliens. Maybe they're angels. Remember, this whole season is about science and religion. Who's to say, you know, like we have Dark Angel, we, we, you know, we have Eunice as the demon. Is it just because we don't understand what they are? Because they're, you know, maybe de- in the end, and this is a prediction, I'm speculating here, but does it have to be an alien? I mean, it doesn't. It could, it could be an angel. You're right. They, they could all be angels. We, we're just calling them angels because we don't understand what they are. Wow. I mean, I, I, I allowed for that radio silence just to be like, really? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, you make a fair point. I just... No. Ugh. That's good. I mean... I just don't think there'd be... I mean, I could see that aside from the technology. Okay. Well, what? Angels the, can't be advanced? The alien chip thing. Right. Like, I can see the angels thing, like the aliens being angels, except for that. Um, and then we see the fingers and stuff. We're only doing this because I bet we're a reflection of people that are watching this show. Oh, yeah, I know. And we continue the conversation. Half the people are going to say, JC doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. And, and everyone's going to say, Stephen was right. You know? <laughs> Wait. That's no, most good. people are going to say, JC's right. No, 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 no. Okay, so. And that, that guy in the black shirt. <laughs> um, Ali- yeah. Aliens and Kit. And so. So they finally get the evidence on uh, threats in. Kit hides the tape under the bathtub. Okay, there's a theory right there. We talked about it during the show, where I think maybe Kit doesn't make it alive next episode. Because Arden saw him put away the tape that exonerates him. So technically, Kit doesn't have to be alive to be, you know, 
proven um, not guilty of these charges of, of being bloody face. For the present day bloody face to know who really the real one is? No, just in general, to clear his name. He just wants to clear his name. We've got the confession from Threatson. Hmm. You know, Art and Son put away the tape. And let's just say if Kit doesn't come back, well, they're, you know, Arden's going to find that tape or someone's going to find that tape and somehow it's going to get out to the open. Well, Arden's going to go back and try to see what it was that Kit yeah. hid in there because he doesn't know it's a tape at this point. So, I mean, maybe, but I, I think Kit will make it at least until next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have, he hides the tape and then uh, he takes him and he's trying to be friendly, pours him a glass of a smooth 18-year-old aged, uh, what was it, whiskey or Macallan, Macallan. And he has an 18-year-old McAllen. Kit is hesitant to drink it at first because, of course, anything this guy gives you could be drugged. Arden takes a sip, starts talking to him, says that he thinks that the aliens and Kit are related, which at this point, now that we've seen the episode, it's a pretty fair assumption. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how uh, how did he get to that assumption? How did he get – how did he randomly say Kit and the aliens are related? But it's more of just like, okay, well – Lana, or uh, not Lana, um, Alma was, they had just had sex from Alma, and then he had just had sex with Grace, mm-hmm. and then things like that. So I guess he just kind of put them two into it. This is another instance of maybe there's more uh, more lines that we missed before he kind of does that. And then he tells Kit that, he says that it would be easier with your cooperation, but I'm not asking your permission. And this was another, this was another thing where Kit says, you crazy bastard. But you've got my permission. Or you, and you mentioned, you mentioned that it was rather, he, sub, he submitted to it rather quickly. Yeah, if, he says, uh, if this is the only way I'll see Alma again. Mm-hmm. Alma was not mentioned in this conversation previously. We haven't heard Alma's name this episode until then. Mm-hmm. Literally, it's kind of like, I mean, it really feels like they took out some juicy dialogue there. They edited it out, ended up on the cutting room floor, because I really think that Arden kind of used... Alma as a, well, if if they took Grace, maybe she's still alive, which means Alma could be still alive, and you know you want to see Alma again, you're a crazy bastard, well, mm-hmm. I, if, if let me see Alma again. I mean, I kind of see that, how it would lead into it, not him just randomly agreeing so quickly, because sure. when somebody sits you down, gives you a cigarette, and gives you a glass of liquor, the first thing you're not talking about is the woman that you're, your first thing you're not thinking of is Alma. You're thinking of, what the hell does this guy want right now? What the hell does this guy want right now? And he says, okay, well... We're going to almost kill you. And that's what they do. So rush him over to this little room, sits him down, explains to him the procedure, which is injecting him with potassium chloride to stop the heart for two to four minutes. After four minutes, the blood is gone from the brain and you are officially dead. Mm -hmm. And then to bring him back, they mix atropine with adrenaline. And that kind of revives Kit. But we didn't. He didn't. We didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't get that far. So he draws an X on it. Kit's saying a prayer, which is kind of funny. Right. It's the only one he knows. So he's saying a prayer in the in the midst of Arden, who's what's that gibberish? What's that mumbling? Because Arden is not religious in the slightest bit. And it's kind of funny because we have we're in a religious institute. Arden is not religious in the least. Mm-hmm. Kit's not really religious anymore just because the Institute itself is such a def- defilation of religion. And they're talking about luring in aliens. Okay. And, and, and he's was, saying a prayer. Well, I was going to ask you what was Arden. You know, Arden's doing this all in the name of science. He's just intrigued. Pretty much. He, he just wants to know. He doesn't appreciate 
things going over his head. Okay. He doesn't appreciate Jude going over his head. He doesn't appreciate um, Eunice when she tries to be over his head, and then she kind of slams him into a wall with her power. So he wants to know what the hell's going on. I mean, he's wanted to know since he found the chip in Kit and thought that it was somebody from the SS who was tracking him again. So Kit's heart stops. We hear the noises. We see the lights go everywhere, blah, 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 blah. And Arden follows the light down the hall, opens the door, and as soon as he opens the door, it cuts to the inside where the light is fine. And it's the return of Pepper. Pepper. Pepper and Grace. Pepper and Grace. With Grace looks like she ate way too much. What do you, what, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. Grace, pregnant. Oh, yeah. okay. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so, so the first thing Pepper says is, um, it, the baby's full term. It won't be long. And she says that I'll take care of her. We're going to need a room. And Arden's just like, what? And we notice that Pepper has become quite a bit more articulate. Yes. You know, and, and it's funny because many throughout, throughout the 50s and 60s, there were, a, a, you know, a lot of these supposed alien abductions. And they always said that whenever, you know, someone was abducted, for the most part, whenever they came back, they came back with this heightened sense of something. Mm-hmm. Some, some people came back with superior intelligence, and, and, and which we see possibly in Pepper's case. But fans were talking about that. Pepper, and I believe, you, did you bring up the fact that maybe Pepper's been an alien all along? Yeah. Um, my... Uh, we gotta we gotta go through this pretty quickly, but um, sure. I'll just throw some things out there. Um, Pepper, we see her now with Grace after the baby thing. The first line we hear about Pepper in the first episode is her talking about, yeah, well she she dismembered a woman's baby. Sounds like she was experimenting on human babies or something like that. Maybe it wasn't even a woman's baby to begin with. Maybe it was just like one of the aliens' baby things. Mm-hmm. Um, Pepper disappears during Nor'easter, the big storm. Leaves the room, and then Jude's wasted, drunk, walking around, and she finds an alien in the hallway. Could very easily have been Pepper, the alien. Now, my question is, I know we're back trying to Nor'easter. Was Kit having sex with someone there during Nor'easter? He was trying to escape. Yeah, he was trying to escape. So why were the aliens there? Because supposedly, according to Exactly, Arden, it was just Pepper. So you're saying it's Pepper, okay. If, if the aliens were there, just being there, and there were no lights and everything, it's because Pepper. Pepper was an alien. Um, and that's just speculation at this point, but yeah. Um, well, you could turn it into a prediction. Uh, are we done pretty much with most of the characters? Yeah, we're done with the characters. You want to go ahead? Just knock out some predictions because it seems like you got a, a few. But before we do that, guys, I also want to uh, just a quick reminder if you guys really help us out when you go to AfterBuzzTV.com, go to the Amazon banner and please click on it. And it takes you straight to the Amazon page and where you can make all your purchases. And whenever you do, it actually kicks back a few cents back to AfterBuzz. It really helps us. You know, like we said, we provide all this free entertainment for you. But when you go to Amazon, it really helps us out, and as they say, it helps keep keep the lights on. Just had to put that out there. So we got some predictions. Let's do predictions. Yeah. Dun dun dun. Dude, you're all the you're you're the prediction meister. I'm 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 on I'm on like David. Dave Dave and I like never have predictions. Yeah, Dave and poor Dave couldn't be here today. Yes, he couldn't make it tonight, but he'll be back next week. So what do you got? Well, he'll be back two weeks, three weeks. Oh, yeah, that's right. He'll be back January sec- 3rd. Okay, so I need to I need to kind of okay, undouble Swam- my thing, so you go first. Swami, Swami of, I literally, I never can find a, a, a let's see, I, I can talk about the promo that, let's see, basically, Dr. Tim is going to try to kill Eunice. 
for according to the promo, which we've noticed that sometimes on these promos, they tend to be a little bit misleading. And they don't end up using the actual footage on the, on the next episode. If you backtrack and look at all the promos, they don't always match up. So... I just shot myself in the foot with that whole scene right there. But I do know, and last week I, I predicted that there was going to be a big death this week. One of the, the main, main, main characters was going to be lost. And that you could tweet me about it. But I was actually wrong. It's actually going to be on January 2nd's episode that we're going to lose a major, major, major character. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's my prediction. And those who have tweeted me and I've sent you the link, you, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. I mean, I just think Pepper's an alien. Um, Grace's baby is not going to be a baby. Um, it'll be something else. We'll probably see something with that. I don't know. I honestly don't have too much. I've talked about all my predictions through this episode. I know. We did it pretty much throughout the whole show. Yeah, so, I mean, it's really, um, I think, uh, I think Jude's going to successfully get Lana out, and -hmm. that's going to be the final episode of the season. Oh, okay. So, so we're playing out the finale. Yeah. Um, I think Lana, I think when we're talking about who this show's eyes have been seen through, it kind of looks like it's going to be a little bit, a good amount of Lana. Mm-hmm. And maybe if she's not dead at the end, um, maybe present day Bloody Face is looking for Lana. And Lana is still out there, and that's where he finds the therapist is trying to look for Alma. Looking for his mom, yeah. I don't know, something like that. I, agree, I agree with you with the Lana and uh, Judy. I think... Jude's end goal is getting Lana out, and then I think her storyline will be complete. Oh, and Kit is not dead. Okay, the aliens are going to come down and save him, because specifically after the lights stop flashing with Arden and Grace, Mm -hmm. it cuts back to Kit with the lights still flashing. Something's going to happen there. Somebody's going to come back and be like, yo, all right, Bam, wake him up. This is ending like Empire Strikes Back. We totally disagree, because I think Kit is dead. So... With that no. said, yes, where can they find you? You can find me at Twitter on Stephen Lemieux. <laughs> and you can, hey, wait, and what about uh, Martin? Uh, what's that Twitter handle of yours again? Oh, you can find me at my website, uh, MacedoMusic.com. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me at The Everyday Man. So we're gone for the next two, what, three weeks? We'll be back January 3rd, guys, with another awesome wrap-up of American Horror Story Asylum. So with that said... We will see you next time. Good night, everybody. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.